to be here. Um, my, again, my name is Kingsley, and I'm from Chapel Hill. Um, I moved here in January from California, and I grew up, I like the, the wave back there to have my name. Thank you, Michael. I grew up uh, next to the ocean in California on the coast, and I grew up a little surfer boy and gave my life to the Lord uh, in fifth grade. I got invited to a youth group, and it absolutely rocked my world. I met Jesus, and I was just um, thinking about that t today, um, reviewing for tonight as my class going to speak. And I remember the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit of God encountering my heart. And I, I could not give my life to the Lord. There was nothing stopping me from responding. Mm. I pray and hope that if you've already experienced that, that you'll be encouraged tonight by Thrive, by coming in here um, and being among this community amongst incredible people um, who all absolutely care for each other. I've seen a lot of incredible unity just in the like, hour that I've been here. So I'm blessed to be here. The worship was amazing. Josh, I don't even know you. That was some earnest worship, brother. That was awesome. Um, so you guys have a great worship. I'm really excited for what Thrive is up to here. Um, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Can I uh, open us in prayer? And would you guys do a favor for me since I'm from high school, uh, middle school? Would you guys raise your hands for me and then close your eyes? So no one has to see it, but raise both your hands. We're going to welcome in the presence of God and just kind of open ourselves to his presence here tonight. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for meeting us right here in this space, God. I thank you that your presence is here in this room tonight, and that you're the one who gets the highlight. This is to glorify you, Lord. So uh, I thank you that uh, you've given me a message here tonight, but it's may your words come out of me, Lord. May this be aligned with your uh, holy word, God, that is useful for every good thing for teaching us, God. So I thank you that you're teaching us tonight. We welcome your presence here in this place. Bless every person here who is in this place, in this holy ground, in your house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, if you guys have uh, the Bible, uh, whether it's on your phone or if you have an actual paper Bible, I got one right here, um, open up to the book of Colossians with me. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Um, oh, wait, before I, before I read that, do you have a photo of my family I can show you guys? I sent it to Michael. I would love it if you guys saw my family. It's okay if not, but they're really, really beautiful. Um, I, I have a lovely wife. There she is. Um, and two beautiful girls. Uh, that's Tacoa and Galilee. And um, I am one of the luckiest people on planet Earth to get to be the father to these two incredible girls. Mm. Um, yeah, yay to being a parent. Are there any parents in this room yet? Woo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh man. All right, cool. Good, um, so he knows. But you guys, I uh, hope that you all have kids because it's, it's awesome. It's one of the most challenging things I've ever done, but it's honestly one of the most absolute rewarding things I've ever done um, by getting to raise these incredible girls. Um, so anyways, this is my family. That's my wife, Valerie. And she's a born, born and raised Washingtonian, so she's totally used to how we haven't seen the sun um, for like a week. And then before that, we haven't seen it for like a week and a half. She's used to that. I'm not. Okay, I feel like I'm turning into a vampire a little bit. <laughs> the Twilight movies are too real. I don't know if you guys saw that TikTok, but it's like the second a California shows up to Washington. Is this really uh, film Twilight? Is this, is this really film Twilight? And I was just talking to you guys over there at the table, and I was like, I'm pretty sure they don't film any of those movies or a lot of movies. Or they film them in Canada, right? 
that's, that's like one of the most popular locations to film movies. Anyways, I'm a big fan of movies. Um, all right, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read some Bible. Is that all right tonight? Oh, yes. Are you guys good? How about, can I read a lot? Is that all right, Bible? Yes. Cool, because guess what? The Bible is the best preacher ever. Um, not me and not any pastor you'll ever hear. The Bible is the best preacher ever. So let's hear from God's word tonight, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Um, in this section, in, in my Bible, the ESV is called, Put on the New Self. Put on the New Self. It says in verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, and where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on, on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Verse 12. <clears throat> put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Um, let the word of Christ dwell, dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and praises and spiritual songs, whatever you, with, thankful, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Amen. That's good. Awesome. That's a really um, full section of text right there. Um, after reading that, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you satisfied with where your life is right now? Are you, can I even ask, are you, do you feel, like you can commonly say, I am walking in victory with Christ every day? Are you satisfied with your life? Are you happy with where it's going? Are you allowing Christ to change every part in your life? Some of you might say, absolutely, yes. Some of you might be like, eh, I don't know, I don't know. Some of you are like, no, I can't. And no, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. You've come to the right place if you're any of those. Because you're so loved by Jesus. Amen? Amen. Um, the Bible talks about uh, how out of death comes life. Out of death comes life. You guys probably heard this before. Um, the greatest example of out of death comes life is Jesus, who died for us on the cross. He bared the weight of all of our sins, and he died an innocent, 
completely blameless life, and he, he died a death that we could not do, and he paid for our sins. This is the greatest. Out of death comes life because of out of his finishing work on the cross, we have salvation. We have an opportunity to be right with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we see this in the Bible. It's the highest level of out of death comes life. But on earth, can anybody think of out of death comes life here on earth that we see all the time? What's that? Forest fires. Forest fires. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Um, I asked my wife, Valerie, and I was like, hey, honey, she's a um, scientist and a teacher. And I said, what uh, out of, on earth, out of death comes life? She started jumping for joy. And she's like, yeah, I love talking about bacteria, decomposers. <laughs> and she like, got all excited. This is like, like you know, scratching the itch of a scientist or just like getting a scientist really excited. This is like their favorite topic. It's easy to talk about. And my wife starts telling me all about bacteria. And uh, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, so I don't really walk around all day long thinking about um, bacteria. <laughs> I don't know who does, maybe scientists, but she's like, bacteria is so cool. You don't even understand. It's everywhere. <laughs> it feasts on dead things. Bacteria needs to eat dead things. If there was no dead things, we wouldn't have bacteria. We wouldn't be able to have a natural process and a change and a rebirth. We need bacteria to eat things. She said the entire ecosystem is based on death. Isn't that wild? I thought it was like based on life and like all that. No, it's not. It's based on death. Out of death comes life. She said something really wild. This is not from the Bible. This is just what my wife's opinion is. But she said, other than the presence of God, bacteria is the most popular thing on planet Earth. <laughs> I'm like, that's wild. I'm going to share that with Brian. That's wild when you think about it. I was like, I would have said like oxygen, but there's plenty of places, right? There's uh, no oxygen that we've controlled. Um, but that's crazy to think that other than the presence of God, which there's nowhere you can go. Um, there's a verse in Psalms where David says, there's no way I can flee from your spirit. There's nowhere I can go to be away from your presence. And that's so true. There's nowhere on earth. The death process needs to happen. I actually thought about a caterpillar. And I was like, well, caterpillars have to die so they can become, like, they have to die to be a caterpillar so they can become a butterfly. And she's like, no, you dummy. That's a transformation. No, no, no. That's metamorphosis. That's not death. Um, but that's kind of what I thought of. I mean, because come on, a caterpillar has to stop being a little crawly caterpillar, and it has to sit in a cocoon for a week or a couple weeks or whatever. It goes to show you how much I know about this topic. Um, and then they get to become, they transform, and they die to that old way, and then now they're a flapping butterfly that's generally gorgeous, right, and awesome. That's what I thought of. Um, I say all this um, to talk about this section that we just read here, talking about putting off the ways of the earth and putting on the new life. Um, put off, put on. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. We just read it right there. Put to death, put off, but then put on these really good things. We need to do that. I'm telling you tonight, we need to take what Paul is saying, what God's word has inspired Paul to write right here. We need to do these things. It is the very thing that is keeping us from assuming our position in Christ that we so desperately need to do. We 
focus on verse 5 real quick. You guys don't mind. Verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And it gives this list of all these things that we have all fallen short of the glory of God that we've messed up in. But it says, Put to death, therefore. Have you guys ever wondered, like, why is the word therefore so popular in the Bible? It's like all over the place. If you haven't read the Bible, um, guess what? The word therefore is like all over the place. There's all these like incredible verses that say this word therefore. Therefore. Um, when I was in Bible college, um, so many Bible teachers would tell our class, whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you need to ask, what is it therefore? <laughs> like, okay, so what is the word therefore? doing there. <laughs> Put to death, therefore. Um, okay. So, the definition, let's, let's do this together, okay? The definition of therefore, according to Google, is a consequence or a result of. A consequence or a result of. So, put to death a consequence or a result of what is earthly in you. So I read this, and if I change out therefore and I put in a consequence or result of, I automatically get the result of these earthly things. It's going to take me on this path that's going to lead me to a place of separation from God, a place of death where we cannot possibly thrive. <laughs> we cannot possibly assume our position. There's no way we'll be able to expand our faith. So I think it's really important that Paul is writing this to the Colossians suit, the, the church in Colossae. He's, Paul is really good at telling us who we are. And he's certainly good at telling us what we're not. And I love that about Paul. So if you need to know who you are, in fact, before you can know who you are, you need to know what you truly are in Christ. You can't fully know who you're supposed to be until you fully know what Christ has called you to be. How can you possibly do that without knowing all that God's called you to, all that Christ has done for you and what you have right in front of you? Amen? Yeah. And God's Word has that encouragement for us. God's Word has that truth for us. So that's why I chose um, the book of Colossians in this section because Paul is incredibly good at telling us who we are. So here's three things. I don't know if anybody takes notes during the messages here at Thrive, but um, I wrote these down when I first heard them in this way, and so um, these have always been in my Bible. Here's three things that Paul's telling us to do through this section right here. You ready for them? Number one is assume your position in Christ. Assume your position in Christ. And if you're like, well, what does that mean? How can I have a position in Christ? Well, let me tell you based off of God's word what our position is in Christ that we so desperately need to take up and claim. Ready? We are justified in Christ. Justified. It means that we are set free from sin. We no longer, when you give your life to the Lord, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and God knows your heart, then you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you are saved. That's what the scripture says. That is how you give your life to the Lord. You believe in Jesus and what he did for you. That removes you from the penalty of sin. It removes you from that old way, that old life, that old earthly nature. 
you actually are not held down by those earthly nature things that you were born into when you came into this world. It's amazing. If, if you haven't given your life to the Lord, I want to encourage you, don't live under the earthly things of this world. It will only lead you to death. Assume your position in Christ, which is you are justified. You are free from sin. You guys hearing me right now? Yeah? It is impossible to sin with your new kingdom life. Amen. When you're built up in your Christian life, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, it's actually impossible to sin when you're in that. The only way you can sin is if you go and resurrect that old death. Mm-hmm. You resurrect that old person. You bring them back. You bring back their old ways. So we are justified in Christ. We are also sanctified in Christ. Sanctified in Christ. Um, in chapter 3, it says, I underlined a couple of these words, but right in verse 1, it says, If you have been raised with Christ, seek these things. You are seated at the right hand of Christ. You, are, uh, you have died with Him, in verse 3. You are hidden in God. We are sanctified because we've been raised to life through Christ. We are seated right next to Christ. That's amazing. We actually have a spot right next to Jesus when he's sitting on the throne. We get to sit right with him. We get to be with him. We are actually, we have died on the cross with him. Our old ways are gone. And we are actually hidden. We are no longer seen as our earthly way. We start to disappear and Jesus starts to come out in us. That's pretty awesome. Mm. We are sanctified in Christ. We are also glorified. We're not fully glorified. We can't say that yet because we're not fully glorified yet. Christ has not fully returned yet. The trumpet hasn't blown and Jesus hasn't come back yet to set up a new heaven and a new earth. But we are, you could say, it's fair to say that we're semi-glorified. That we're in our semi-glorified state here on earth, walking in the fullness of God. Um, this is our position in Christ. You are justified. You are sanctified. You are Glorified all in Christ. Mm. Not because of your own doing. Mm. Not because you crawled up and you crucified yourself. By the way, you somebody else has to crucify you. You can't do it yourself. There's no way you can climb up on a cross and nail your hands and all that stuff. Someone else has to do that. So it is really, really good that you're amongst community so that we can encourage each other, so that we can welcome each other into faith, so that we can be honest with each other with where we're at in our life. And we can tell each other about our positions in Christ that we need to assume, which is justified, free from sin, sanctified. We are free from the penalty and the lifestyle of sin, and we are also glorified in Christ. That's our position. I hope that you'll, I hope that you're encouraged by this because I sure am because it's what God does in us. Um, there is a, a pastor called his name is John Piper. He's written some books. He has podcasts. Ask Pastor John. It's a really cool podcast. I love it. I've submitted questions for these guys. John Piper does a he did a message called "Sacred Schizophrenia." It was a really interesting message, and he talked about how Christians will forever have a second like personality, second life that we're always going to battle. It's this like sacred schizophrenia personality that we're always going to be fighting because it's trying to come back out. It's trying to resurrect. And then he says in his message, you need to put that to death. 
You need to put it away. You need to kill it. You need to get rid of your old self. Put away the old life and put on the new life because you need to assume your position. And then he talks about being justified, sanctified, glorified, and masters. Go back to this truth of who we are in Christ. But we will always be battling. I sit down with students. I get to sit down with students all the time. And they're always telling me about how they can't fully like walk out with faith in God because of things they've done in their past. Mm. There's no way that God loves me because of what I've done. Um, I've messed up. I've sinned. I've done this. And Kingsley, if you even heard what I've done, you wouldn't even be talking to me right now. I hear this from friends and family, too. And the truth that I've learned, you guys, is that we will always be bothered by our past until we know our position in Christ. Assume mm. that position. It's good. Until we start taking up. It's really good. That we are justified. Until we start walking out that we're <clears throat> sanctified. Until we start believing and telling ourselves enough times that we're glorified in Christ. Mm. This isn't. This isn't. Um, this isn't weak. This isn't. Um, meant to be anything but absolutely powerful for you to take. Christ wants us to be powerful. He doesn't want us to be walking around getting just destroyed and hit with attacks and, 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 um, and arrows from the enemy and be ripped apart and ripped to shreds. He wants us to be walking in his full position. He wants us to assume our position in Christ, which is justified, sanctified, glorified. Can I get an amen from the Amen. Awesome. You guys doing good? Yeah. Okay, number two, here we go. Assert your uh, prerogatives. That's a cool word. Assert your prerogatives, which prerogatives means your privilege or your rights. Do you guys know we have rights in Christ? We have a privilege in Christ when we assume our position, when we are walking out our new life, we've put it on. Assert your prerogatives. Verse 5 says, put to death all these earthly things. And that means to assert my rights. And my rights in Christ is that I have the power of the Holy Spirit living in me right now. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. You have rights and privileges in Christ. Your home is not this home. Your home is in heaven. Amen? Amen. You operate and you walk in victory with Christ. That is your position in Christ. Um, and you need to you need to assume it. You need to assert your rights. We all need this. We can't do it by ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the encouragement, the Spirit of God that comes to soften hearts, to give us favor, to do battle for us, to meet us when we're on our knees. And we have to worship. You can't keep me worshiping because I need it to be filled up so that I can assume my position, so that I can assert my prerogatives, I can walk out into the world, and I can fight the enemy dead on because he is a loser. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about uh, put to death this list and then put on this list. They're really great. Um, let me read first the put to death again real quick. So um, I think it's important that we destroy the old life destroy the old life and display this new life. Do you know it's okay to be a Christian right outside these doors? 
<laughs> it is okay to be a Christian at the voting polls. It is okay to be a Christian at your job, at your at your work, your place place of work. It is okay to be a Christian uh, in your apartment building. It is okay to be a Christian in your family that think it's whack that you come to a place called Thrive and you're learning about who you are in Christ. You're starting to assume your position. You know it's okay to be a Christian. You have that power. You get to do that. You get to display this in life. Not in a prideful way. Not like, look at me. I go to Friday. I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I'm walking in this power of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. That's not how we're supposed to do it. We carry it humbly. It's a gift. It's how Jesus carries himself. He's God with skin on He doesn't think that he's better than others. He, in fact, lowers himself and serves others. He washes the feet. That's how the model we get to do. So I'm going to read this real quick with us, okay? Put off, which uh, the King James says one of my favorite words. It's so bad, but I love the word mortify. I think it's so awesome. I always think of like, uh, oh man, I think of Star Wars and like the Empire and how they like just do so much rat killing. Uh, <laughs> they're so gnarly. The Empire is totally crazy. I know that they I know that the resistance is awesome, but like the Galactic Empire are so powerful. They've killed so many. <laughs> they think it's awesome. I think this word mortify, which is a German word for kill, um, destroy, end, uh, completely destroy, like rip off, no more, remove, end, mortify. King James is uh, old school, love it. So mortify these things, put these things to death. It's kind of broken down into two things, works and words. Here's the works, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, idolatry. And then it says that God's wrath is coming against these things that are disobedient, these works. This is the works of earthly flesh. These things will bring us to death. It's hard, it's hard to read. It's hard to actually listen to this. Here's the words, the words of earthly nature. Anger, wrath, which is bitterness. Malice, which is, could be gossip, slander, profanity. You could say, taking the Lord's name in vain. Lying, exaggeration, false testimony. I don't know about you guys, that list is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's def like it's so deflating and gross. When you actually sit there and read it in the holiest of holy book of God and read this list, I'm like sitting here reading my list of my life. I'm like, oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. Okay, check, check, check. I'm like, where's the stop? Like, yeah, this is exactly what earthly desires. This is the carnal nature. This is what it will get me. Yep. All of these things. It's actually disgusting when you read this. If you go into Romans, uh, Paul talks about utter defeat, and that's these earthly carnal things appeasing our flesh. In Romans 8, he says that we cannot please God when we do these things. He says that we are actually seen as hostile to God because he cannot be in our sin with those things. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Can God condemn sin in the flesh, which Paul talks about, but condone it and allow it for a Christian? No. The answer is no. God cannot allow a Christian. He cannot allow us who are supposed to be assuming our position, asserting our priorities, walking with Christ, becoming Christ. There is no way you can allow that. He wants the best for us. Our God is a jealous God. He's so good. He wants the absolute best version of us. 
His way is much higher than our way. There is no way He can condone it. He doesn't want us to sin. He wants us to stay in this new life. To put off the old and to put on the new. Here's our constant prayer. Help me, God. Oh, that's good. Help me, God. Mm. In this situation right now, because I feel like the old self is coming back right now. I feel like I'm about to have wandering eyes. I feel like I'm about to covet. I feel like I'm idolizing uh, famous people. God, I feel like I'm about to do something terrible tonight. I feel like my fingers are wandering on my phone. I feel like uh, nasty thoughts are filling my mind. God, help me, God. Because I know that I am justified, I am sanctified, and I am glorified. It's mm, good. That's our prayer. It's good. That's a prayer that's going to help us get out of that old life when it starts to resurrect itself, right? It starts to like reverse the funeral and step out of the coffin. Paul says to kill those things. He says to put them to death. That's so gnarly when you think about it. Like actually killing your old self and saying like you're dead, you die, go away, stay away forever. Because I'm in my new life. I am justified, sanctified, glorified. Me, me need this, guys. We can't do it by ourselves. We're not supposed to. We need a community. We need the power of the Holy Spirit working and active in us. Um, and then we need to put these things on. Here we go. Because we are holy and chosen, because we are dearly loved, we need to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing. Uh, with one another, forgiving each other, offering up love for one another. Uh, above all, we need to put on love. Put off the old, destroy the old, put on the new. When I started hearing this process, I um, literally can't live in any other way. Every single day, I do these things, this practice. It's like put off. I'm like, nope, put that off. Nope, and I'm going to put this on. When I see the opportunity to sin, I really try to grow to destroy that, to mortify that, to kill that, and to walk in my new life. Because I'm claiming it. So I'm, I'm uh, assuming my position. Here's the last one, and then I'll come to an end. You guys all right? Yeah. Okay, here's the last one. <clears throat> Accept your provision in Christ. Provision, providence from Christ. Do you know you're provided from a heavenly place? You're being protected from a heavenly place. That you have an assignment of angels that are totally watching over you, providing for you, giving you favor, doing battle for you. Accept your provision. And here's some of the provision um, that God gives us. He gives us salvation, a big one, a way to meet with God, to be right, to be justified. He gives us peace. Not just, ah, peace. No, he gives us perfect, eternal peace. A reign of peacefulness in our life. He gives us a radiance of thankfulness. This is his provision. Love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, all these different things. Just, just, just to name a couple. I just wrote a couple down. Let the peace of Christ, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and be power of thankfulness is so incredible. I know we're in the month of November. Thanksgiving's coming up. <laughs> thankfulness is not just a meal. One time the entire year. Thankfulness is an absolute lifestyle, and it's, uh, it's the style that we're supposed to be living out of. A life of thankfulness. Being thankful. It's the absolute cure for frustration and anger. Thank you, God. 
I was just um, doing some work in my house the other day. I just moved down to the KP in Lake Bay, and I was having to install a permanent sewer line for my RV. Yeah, really attractive story. Anyways, um, and I'm building it. I'm like, this is so dumb. I'm not a plumber. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm watching YouTube videos. The guy is not even doing the same thing I want. This is so dumb. I'm not supposed to do this. I don't have money for a plumber. Whatever. This is dumb. I was like super, super mad at it. And I remember the power of thankfulness, the provision that God gives me. I'm serious. I'm not just saying these things, standing up here saying this. I literally was like, you know what? Thank you, God. Thank you that I have a, you just, uh, I have a new house. That's awesome. God gave us favor so we could buy a new house. God, thank you that I even have ground. Thank you I even have uh, pipes to plumb, which is like a really funny word. Pipes to plumb, like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I have the full mind of Christ. I'm going to be able to totally do this project. Thank you, God, for sending me people to help me. And I'm not even kidding. Within like 15 minutes of just being thankful, my mind is at ease. I started feeling much more confident. And my father and showed up. And he's built like five homes. He's like, I'm off work early. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. Uh, let me give you a challenge and then we end. Um, I have been trying my very best. I slipped up a couple times, but I've been trying my very best to just give God a thank, thank you, God, prayers. Just thank you and not asking for anything. Just thank you. Just thank you, Lord. Not like be very careful to not say like, please give me this. Here's my own list. Here's this. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I feel like so much of this world has lost thankfulness. We've lost gratitude. We've forgotten that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made by Christ. That He died for everyone's sins, not just a certain race or not just a certain name, but God died for everybody. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We have an opportunity to assume our position in Christ. We have an opportunity to assert our prerogatives. We have an opportunity to accept his provision of peace and thankfulness. So I wonder if there's somebody here tonight um, who's maybe giving their life to God or thinking about giving their life to God. And um, they maybe aren't fully walking with Jesus. And they're not fully walking in victory. If that's you... You're in an incredible place, and we just heard God's word, not Kinsey's truth. We just heard God's word, which says to put off that old life, accept this new life, walk in that new life, be this new life. Walk in thankfulness, my son. Walk in peace, my daughter. Assume your position, my child. Assert your prerogatives, accept my provision. Know that you are justified, you're sanctified, you're glorified, you are saved, you're loved by God more than you will ever know. Uh, so if that's you tonight, I'm going to pray real quick and we're going to go to small groups. Um, but I hope you would open yourself to letting God tell you who you are tonight. Not me, but let his word reign over you, let peacefulness reign over you here tonight. And when you walk out these doors tonight, I pray truly transformed and be able to do these things that we talked about tonight because that's who, that's who you are. That's what God's word says. So thank you so much for having me. Let me pray real quick and we'll go some
just stop and acknowledge right now. We stop all the world and we control time right now. And we say, thank you. Thank you, God, for every good blessing, for every single thing you've given us. Thank you that you have paid the price for us in the most incredible demonstration of love ever. You made a way for us to be with you, to be right, to be justified, God, to be free from sin, to be free from these earthly things that lead us to death. Thank you, God, that we're sanctified in you, we're going to be able to live a life through the power of your Holy Spirit, live a life that's righteous and holy and pleasing unto you, that only through you we can do these things, God, but we can do all of these things. I thank you for that, and I thank you that we get to be glorified. Thank you, Lord. God, we just bless every person in this room tonight in a fresh uh, amount of love. Just fill their cups to overflow in such a real, real way, God. No matter what the relationship is with you, you see us all the same. You love us so much. And so we just say, thank you so much, God. I pray for peace over this place and over every heart in this room tonight. Fill us. Son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for having me.